right, so how many of you are glad that you didn't run into Jay Leno? <laughs> Wouldn't that be, I tell you, uh, that would be one of my worst nightmares is to like get on Jeopardy and have one of the categories be Bible. You know, as, as a pastor, it was great that they had a pastor on there. I remember um, my first class that I ever took in seminary. I sat through this class, and I, I, I had no idea, literally, what they were talking about. There is a whole other vocabulary when you move into this type of education. So I literally had to uh, make a list of words <clears throat> and meet with my uh, professor and just ask him, finally say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you just let me know what these words are? I mean, it can be so... Um, Sometimes even humiliating. And I don't know for you, uh, sometimes when you come to K or to K2, one of the things we try to do is make sure that we're not talking in a language that doesn't make any sense because we really want you to know God. And uh, as you look at this, um, this I, and I feel like a lot of the things that Jay was asking are more kind of on a Sunday school lesson level, you know, where you sit there and you just go, man, if I can spit back who the 12 apostles are, if I know what the Ten Commandments are, um, that's what's really important to know about God. But um, today I'm going to kind of go in a different direction. And uh, if you don't know what's going on, if you're new here uh, to maybe today uh, to K2, or if you maybe missed what's going on, we are in a series that we're calling the 50-Day Adventure. And it's actually something that we've been working on for a really, really long time. And uh, what you can do is you can go to our website. And at the very top of our website, you will see uh, this very logo right there. And you can just click on that logo, and it'll take you to a spiritual assessment. And uh, there's about 60 questions. Um, how many of you guys have actually taken that assessment, just so I can know what's going on here? Okay, about half of you. Very cool. Uh, I, took, I took it as well. Um, and once you get that done, it'll shoot you back immediately some results. And we chose five different areas that we feel like what it means to be a Christ follower. I mean, if you're going to be a Christian, what that literally means is you follow Christ. And when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we feel like there are five things. And, we, and that's what we divided it up into. One of them is what we're going to talk about today. And that's just knowledge. Jesus knew certain things that he wanted to pass on to us. Uh, secondly, there were practices in his life. And people have been following him for 2,000 years. It really helped them engage with God. The third one, which was last week, was relationships. Jesus was in tight relationships and is so committed to loving people. The fourth one is he was all about serving about giving his life away. Whatever he received, he gave away, both in compassion and, and in other ways. And then the last one is Jesus was on a mission. I mean, he loved the world, and he came to tell the world. And so those are our five things. We're just saying, man, if we're going to follow Christ, if we're really going to know God, then those are the five things that we can do. So anyway, uh, so basically what we asked a couple weeks ago was for you guys to grab these uh, blue bands and um, I grabbed one right before I took off to Ethiopia. By the way, I just got back from Ethiopia. If I fall asleep while I'm up here, uh, just, just poke me and I'll pop back up. But uh, I grabbed one of these bands and it was so cool because literally while I was over there the whole time, I could say, I could just look at mine and go, I want the adventure. And that's what we're just asking. I mean, when you see this blue band, say, I want the adventure. I really want to know God. And, um, and so that's what we're, what we're looking at today. And today's about knowledge. And um, it was so funny, I, uh, being after just going on an international trip, I was with my kids yesterday morning and uh, grabbed a globe. And you guys used to do this when you were a kid, like you, you spin the globe and you put your finger on it and then see where it lands. You guys used to do that and then look at that country. So uh, I had Mariah do that and I said, and then we'll learn about it. You know, we, of course, we didn't have a Wikipedia and all the web access now, but it was so cool. So she spun the globe and put her finger on it and it landed on Belarus. Like, I, I think only a little finger could have even found Belarus, <laughs> you know? I mean, how many of you guys know anything about Belarus? Anybody know? Do you guys, what do you know about Belarus? 
Yeah. They, they did, absolutely, right. So I'm, I'm an expert now in Belarus because I just went on the uh, internet. Anybody else know? There is, there is one thing I feel like you should know about Belarus. Anybody else? What else? Anybody know anything about Belarus? What's that? Yeah, yeah, used to be part of the USSR under communist rule for 70 years. Anybody else? There's one really, really important thing. You were in the first service, be quiet. It starts with a B. Man, Vaughn, you've had your coffee this morning. You are, you are here, here, here on all circuits. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, seriously, there's one great thing about Belarus. Anybody? Great gymnasts. Olga Corbett. You guys remember, how many of you remember Olga Corbett? Okay, I was, okay, how old am I uh, that I know Olga Corbett? Anyway, she was this phenomenal gymnast, exactly. So, but it was fun uh, to learn about Belarus. And before I went to Ethiopia, I didn't know anything in all honesty about Ethiopia. I knew one main thing. Any of you guys around in the 80s? I mean, how many of you, as soon as you think of Ethiopia, think famine? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I still have those images just burned in my head as Ethiopia, you know, a million people died in, in that country due to the famine in the 80s. <clears throat> so I automatically assume, you know, it's a poor country. And, and so I did as well. I went on to, you know, websites and I learned about their government and their history and the regions and uh, just some different things. So I'd have some insight before I went there. But you guys know this, right? <laughs> totally different to go on a website and learn some things about Ethiopia, which you could do today, and actually going. You know, getting your feet on the ground, smelling Ethiopia, seeing it, meeting its people, eating its food. Very good, by the way. But that next step, there's true. I can know things about Ethiopia, but actually engaging and getting to know Ethiopia. And you guys know this too. I mean, I know about this much. I still know very little because I don't live there. I'm not experiencing it day in and day out. I mean, the people who are there, who've gone through the different things, they know it. And you guys, but, and that's what kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit today is this, this adventure that there is in knowing something. I feel like that's what it was for me. And that's, I think learning anything can be an adventure. Um, and like, think about different things like photography or music, um, or maybe even finances. I think whatever you're involved in, whatever job you're in or whatever hobby that you enjoy, don't you actually want to increase your knowledge? I mean, especially if it's something you enjoy or if it's something you're doing and you want to be really good at it, you expand your knowledge. And why do you do that? Because it helps you to become more proficient. You become more free. Like the more I learn about something, I'm like, oh, I had no idea I could do that. And then you learn how to do that. And it expands your ability. You become more productive. New possibilities open up. Your world expands. It's an absolute adventure, I think, just to increase your knowledge about anything. And then especially to increase your knowledge of a person. Susie actually drove down here to hang out with me during the first service. She was down here. You guys, I, I just, I, you know, it's just cool. I mean, we're just, we're just cranking right now. We just celebrated 10 years and we're just really enjoying each other, still diving into the depths of each other. It happened just again the last couple days. But to remember, you guys remember the first time you met somebody? Like, I, again, I, I was in Southern Cal. Suze was up in Montana. We meet at a conference in New Mexico, you know? And I, I, you guys may probably have heard this story, but again, for me, I just always think back to that day. She's sitting there in hiking boots, you know, and shirts and a, and a tank top. She's got a bandana around her head. She's got her arms folded, and she's just, I'm like, man. You know, is there another seat somewhere? You know, the, the last thing when my first vision of Susie was anybody I wanted to sit next to. I can tell you that. 
as soon as she opened her mouth, as soon as she opened her mouth, I'm like, that's somebody I want to get to know. Next morning, I didn't know anybody at breakfast. She's sitting there. I sit down next to her. The whole rest of the conference, I was like a little puppy dog. <laughs> you know, just, just following her around. And she, she had no interest in me whatsoever. God was doing some really cool stuff in her life. But for me, it's like once I got, I was so intrigued, I started to pursue her. And even when I went back, it's like, then I'm going to email her. I'm going to go after her. And then the more I got to know her, it's just, I want to know that woman. And it's an adventure. When you develop a relationship like that or your friendship with somebody, it's amazing. And you guys, that's what I want to talk to you about today. For those of you who've taken your assessment and you got it back and it says, man, it looks like my knowledge of God is the area that I need to increase. See, I think sometimes as soon as we think knowledge, we're like, oh, crud, how boring, <laughs> you know? I mean, who wants to do that? Like we, one guy was saying, so basically what it means to follow Christ is I need to read a whole lot of more books. Is that what it is? You know, it, because we think it's this intellectual exercise. And what I want to have happen today is I'm hoping that by the time we're done here today, that you would find the motivation in here right now of why all of us, me included, need to continue to pursue the knowledge of God and to really know him. Because I'm telling you, it is an adventure like no other, actually, when you start to actually really, truly get to know God. So I'm going to pray before we start. And I'm just going to ask you again this morning, um, would you just, would you, because uh, I, I think any type of real true education, um, no matter what you're studying, you don't come at it like, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to master this. You come at it, any good student comes at it with a humility and a sense like, I really want to learn. And so I'm just going to ask you today to, to consider opening your heart and opening your mind to God and to what he wants to say to us today and um, see if we can walk out of here with a vigor to know God more. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much um, for every person who's here, for our lives that we live, for the relationships that we're in for the things that we're pursuing and the desire that you place, I think, in every human being to want a full life, to want to really live. And so we, we take an hour, an hour and a half out of our time every week just to gather together to say, I think that if I might go to church for this hour, an hour and a half, that maybe something would help me today. Maybe something would move my heart, change my mind, uh, help me to live a life that I really want to live. And so God... I, I know, because Jesus, you said it, that you came so that we'd have life to the full. And I just want to pray that today you might move our hearts and motivate us to really want to know you. And um, you know what each one of us needs to hear, and I pray that you'd give us the grace to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so why pursue um, knowledge of God? Why do that? Let me just hit a couple things. I have three verses. As soon as I thought about this, there were three kind of classic verses that I want to share with you today. Before I jump into those three, here's a couple of reasons, again, why I think we need to pursue the knowledge of God. This verse is not on your screen. In Romans 10.1, though, Paul is writing in Romans, and Paul was like the top Jewish leader. I mean, this guy lived the Jewish laws and did everything top-notch. I mean, he, he lived in that community uh, before he really gave his life to Christ and started following him. He says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they're zealous for God. They're zealous for God. And Paul says, and I want them to be saved. 
See, one of the things that Paul hits here, which is a really good thing, is maybe that's you today. Maybe some of you are here today because you feel zealous for God. You really do want to know him. You want to live for him. And you want to have this experience. But here's what Paul says. He goes, I can testify about them that they're zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. But their zeal isn't based on knowledge. And see, one of the, more, one of the reasons that we need to pursue the knowledge of God is sometimes we can be very passionate about something but be going down a completely wrong path and not understanding the real thing. You can give it all you've got, but if you're going in the wrong direction, it's not going to get you where you want to go. And so one of the reasons we need to pursue the knowledge of God is to make sure that the fire that burns with us, maybe the spiritual longing that we have to, to have a full life, can take us down a path that's not right. So we need the knowledge of God. And here's the other thing I want to say just real quick before we jump in. <clears throat> is I think we also need to pursue the knowledge of God because he's holy. Okay? And what does that mean? To say that God is holy means that he is completely other than us. He is completely different than we are. He is so far beyond us that for our little minds to say that we know who God is and that we figured him out, it just doesn't make any sense. And so one of the key things is, because he is so vast, it is important that we are diligent in our study to understand who he is. Because otherwise, if we're going to say, I think I know what God is like, and you're basing it just on what you think yourself, it really could, again, be in a completely different direction. And you'll never know the one true God. And so he's holy, he's beyond us, and so we got to pursue him with all that we've got. All right? So here we go. Why should you pursue him? Here's my first one. It's in Romans chapter 12, and it's verse 2. Great verse in Scripture. It says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, guys, I think that one of the things we need to realize, uh, just because we're human, um, just by being human, we have patterns in our mind. This world, there are patterns all over the place. And so, like, one of the things I realized, just because I grew up in America, there are patterns in my thinking and patterns in the way that I live my life. You go to a foreign country like Ethiopia, and all of a sudden you realize they have patterns. They have certain ways that they've grown up, and that's how they live their life. There are patterns in this world. The fact that I grew up on seven acres of wooded land. I didn't have any neighbors. How many of you guys grew up in neighborhoods with neighbor kids to play with? Wow. Anybody grow up in the country? Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. See, I'm telling you, when I grew up in the country, I didn't have any friends to play with. I had my little brother. You know, I mean, that's all I had. So what you do is you kind of develop a pattern of knowing how to hang out by yourself. And you get to how to do that. And some of you, it's just, that, that made me who I am. I grew up in Lapeer, Michigan. I didn't grow up in Southern California. That made a pattern in the way that I think in my life. And what the Bible tells us is there are patterns in this world. There are ways of living in this world that are not at all like God's. And we get conformed into those patterns. And the next thing you know, you guys, we start living lives that are not full, they're not complete, they're not what we know that we really need for our life. 
And, and I just want to say, that's just true of every human being. I think if you're human, you get caught up in the patterns of this world. But what Paul says is this, don't conform any longer to those patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So why should we grow in our knowledge of God? Because one of the things that has to happen if we're actually going to know God is that we need to have our mind renewed and changed from the pattern that we've all grown up with. I had a guy who, who helped me out back in Detroit right before we moved here. He was a good friend of mine. He's a counselor. And uh, we did some really deep stuff to get to some of the core issues just in my own life. And uh, one of the things he told me, he said, Dave, every experience, everything you've learned, everything you've seen, everything you've done, is like, since, since birth, is like a little novel that gets placed inside your brain. And then when an experience happens in your life, what your brain literally does is go... And grab every experience, thought, thing you've seen, and it grabs them and then assimilates them. Our brains are amazing. And then assimilates them all together and gives us a response of how we should act in that moment. And so, see, I have patterns. I, I respond certain way to certain situations. Vaughn probably responds differently to a certain situation because he has a pattern. Sarah probably responds differently than I would because she has a pattern. <laughs> So we all have these. And so one of the things that you can know is every time you act, you're doing it because you've been moved by some sort of emotion. There's something that drives you to act, but you feel that emotion because of something that you think. Every time something happens to you, thoughts go inside your head. They give you some sort of emotive response and it makes you act. And see, so what we do most of the times is we say, man, I don't like the way I act. So what you try to do is you try to stop your actions. How many of you found that you can't stop your actions? <laughs> I mean, one of the most frustrating things is I can't, I, can't, I can't change. I'm just stuck in this pattern. I don't like it. I'd love not to be angry, right? I love to be a person that doesn't freak out and fear people's rejections. I'd love to be a person that's not anxious inside. I love the, to not be addicted to this or that. You guys know the pattern. See, what we need to do, and we now know this, right? Even with our studies now, you go, wait, if you really want to change your behavior, you got to get back into the internal part of who you are. See, 2,000 years ago, God was saying this. He goes, here's the deal. You need to know who I am, and you need to have your mind renewed. This is hard work, you guys, actually. I didn't realize how hard it would be. But part of me, if I'm going to have a different pattern, a different response, one of the things that has to happen is I have to get the old thoughts out and I have to replace them with things that are true. I need my mind to be renewed. So you take this assessment, you get it back, and it says, man, I'm not real great on knowing God. There's a whole lot I need to know. Well, let me encourage you. Why in the world would you want to spend any time growing in your knowledge of God? Here's the first one. Because in this passage, it says, if your mind gets renewed and you actually start to understand God, what's going to happen? You're going to be transformed. You're going to be transformed. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know, maybe you're like Jesus in here. But is there anybody in here? Don't raise your hand because that would be weird. But, uh, I mean, is there anybody in here who could say, man, I am God's gift to humanity. 
I have, I have nothing I need to work on. I love myself so much because everything I do is perfect. None of us are that way. We all have things that we'd want to change. And what Jesus says here is, listen, grow in your knowledge of me because there's, the reason you're not acting the way that you want is because your mind is messed up. All of us. So let me renew your mind. Because if I can renew your mind, you're going to be transformed. And you know what that word is? It's metamorphosis. That's where we get our word metamorphosis from. So as soon as you think of metamorphosis, what do you think of? Uh, a change and butterflies. Thank you, of course. Think about this. Now, I know we've all been in school, so this doesn't even shock us anymore. Come on, you guys. Should this not shock us that this little wormy, crawly, gnarly little thing that I would look at you and say, hey, I'm going to put wings on that puppy and he's going to fly. You would just go, there's no way. Or, you know, again, where I grew up in Michigan, right across our, our road, I grew up on a dirt road, and on the other side was a swamp. And in a swamp, we had a bunch of tadpoles. You guys remember tadpoles? Man, I used to, we used to catch those things all the time. And now if I took that funky little tadpole and said, hey, I'm going to put legs on that thing and it's going to leap. I mean, you would just go, no, that's ridiculous. But see, now we know that it's not. Crawly little caterpillar things do sprout wings and fly. And little squirmy tadpoles grow legs and leap. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I believe with every fiber of my being that what Jesus Christ came to do in this world was to take you who are lacking wings and who are lacking legs and you might not be flying and soaring and you might not be leaping And he says, if you let me renew your mind, if you let me transform, I will transform your life. I'm telling you, I I say this all the time, I'm a hopeless romantic in the gospel. I believe it with all of my heart. When I see it in my own life, right? Because I mean, there's so many things that aren't transforming yet in my life. You know, can I tell you another good thing about this word? It's in the present tense. Sometimes studying language is actually helpful. Do you know what the present tense means? It means it's something that happens and then it continues to happen. (laughs) That's what it means. So he says here, you, you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, in other words, sometimes we think, hey, I'm gonna follow Christ. I'm gonna get him into my life and I'm just gonna be completely different. How many of you guys, I mean, I know stories here at K2. Some people received Jesus Christ in their life and they were radically different immediately. Do you guys anybody know anybody like that? Okay, a few of us. How many of you know people who received Jesus Christ in their life and they were new, but not very new? How many of you know more people like that? Okay, see, I know more people like that. I know both. God can do anything he wants. But one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures, 2 Corinthians 3.18, that says we are being transformed, there's the word again, into the image of Christ with an ever-increasing glory. Ever-increasing means I'm never going to get there. (laughs) But next year, I should look different than I do today. Ever-increasing metamorphosis. And part of what I've realized, you guys, is the only way I'm going to sprout my spiritual wings and fly, and the only way I'm going to stop crawling and instead grab legs that cause me to leap is if my mind continues to be renewed. So if you're sitting here today and you took that test, and you're like, oh, crud, I got knowledge. You know, how boring. 
It's not boring. I mean, I think what God is telling you today is, I am ready to take you on an adventure to transform your life. Right now, you have patterns of thought that are caught up in the ways of the world, and mine are so upside down, and I want to transform you. I hope you'll, I hope you'll believe that. I hope you'll walk out of here and say, God, in 50 days... Now, here's the deal. In 50 days, are you going to turn into Jesus? You know, does everybody know this ain't happening in 50 days? No, what we're saying is in 50 days, let's take one step. Let's just... Let's just commit to one thing and really commit to it and see if we all of a sudden you can take one step and go, wow, I'm not who I was three months ago. And I think that's what God can do for you, all right? Now, here's the second thing real quick is he says, and you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Why would I want to grow in my knowledge of God? Because if your mind gets renewed, you're going to finally be able to test and approve what God's will is. Anybody want to know God's will? I mean, there are so many times where I want to know God's will. What I realize is, <coughs> excuse me, there is a whole lot of God's will that he already wants me to know, and most of it is right in here. And what I find is this. So what is he saying? He's saying this. If your mind gets renewed, and all of a sudden you start to learn things about God, and you're, and you're finally saying, you know what? I used to have thoughts about God, and I realized those aren't right. <laughs> Like, I, I would guess some of you, and a lot of you I don't know, maybe some of you are here, and it's just, the whole Christianity thing is completely new. And you're coming in, you're like, dude, I, know, I knew mine was going to be knowledge, because I don't know nothing. <laughs> maybe some of you are here, and you've kind of been going to Sunday school, and you know some things about God, but if somebody like Jay Leno showed up, or, or if I, you know, we started having a conversation, you're like, man, I can't go there. I know some people say, I can't lead a small group, because I don't know enough. And, and maybe that's you right now. Or maybe some of you know a ton but you know you don't know God personally. I know a lot about him, but I don't really know him personally. I don't know what your issue is, but you guys, one of the things that you're going to find out is once you start to grow in your knowledge of God, and then you actually step out, which we're going to talk about here in just a second, and you actually try it, you know what happens? The Bible says you can test it. And then what did it say? Is it up? I like glad's all up. What is God's will? Look at that, you guys. It's good and pleasing and perfect. Anybody in here not want that? Uh, No, thank you. I'd really like the bad, unsatisfying, you know, crappy life. I mean, here's God saying, if you find my will, it's going to be good, it's going to be pleasing, and it's going to be perfect. You know what that word perfect means? It actually means complete. It means absolutely full. It means the caterpillar being turned into the butterfly. It means the tadpole being fully complete. It was, it was a tadpole, but it was created to be a frog. And what he's saying is, once you know my will and you test it, then you're going to find out, wow, this really is good. This really is pleasing, not only to God, but when I live this way, it's pleasing to others. And it's actually pleasing to me too. I had no idea. And it's complete. It's satisfying me. I finally have found why I'm here and what my life was supposed to be about. I searched everything. I thought my marriage would do it. I thought being a parent would do it. I thought having lots of money would do it. I thought having a great job would do it. And nothing does it. But God says, if you get your mind renewed, you're going to find my will, and then you're going to find it. So you take this assessment, and it's knowledge. And I just want to say, man, awesome. Go on the adventure. Because if you start getting your mind renewed by finding out who God really is, you're going to be able to find out what God's will is for your life. And you're going to be transformed. And those are two good things for me. I want that. All right? So there you go. That's the first verse that hit me. Here's the second one. 
It's in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many many of you guys have heard that phrase? The truth will set you free. How many of you guys have heard that? I mean, if you watch Oprah, right? The truth is going to set you free. I mean, you just, that, that phrase gets thrown out all over the place. But the part that we don't ever see is the rest of the Bible. And see, what Jesus was actually saying is, and first of all, let me just show you, what did he say? To the Jews who had believed him. See, he's not talking to people who didn't believe. He says, hey, all of you guys who actually think I am who I say I am, can I just tell you something? If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciple. And then you'll know the truth. And that truth will set you free. See, why would I want to pursue knowledge? Because God tells us, if you start to understand the truth about life and about who you are and about who I am and how relationships actually work and what your soul needs and how your heart connects with mine, once you start to understand that truth, you're going to be set free. But here's the key. See, a lot of us like to learn things about God, but I'm telling you, man, I know for me too, when I get up in the early in the morning and I spend time in this thing, I love it, man. It's like, I do. I love it now. I, really, I didn't initially, but I do now. And I love reading this thing. But sometimes there's a truth I read that I don't like. Anybody else read things in here you don't like? Because if you're going to have to live that out, that scares me. See, and so then what happens is, well, I don't really want to do that one. Okay, well, good. Well, just so you know, um, if you uh, hold to my teaching, you're really my disciple. See, guys, it's really interesting. I've been talking to people just recently, even in Ethiopia and lately. There's so many people who just hate this whole idea of Christianity. And you know why? Because they look at his disciples and they go, are you kidding me? I want absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> and see, what Jesus would love to say to all the world is, those aren't my disciples. <laughs> Those are churchgoers. Those are people who do the church thing and get religious and think they're better than everybody else. Those are the people I don't like either. I mean, read the Bible. He like hates religious people who think they're better than other people. He really does. Those are the only people he got really angry at. See, what we have is we have a lot of people who know stuff and the Bible says be really careful because knowledge puffs up. Now all of a sudden you think you're better than other people, but love builds up. And what Jesus was saying is everything you learn Make sure you hold to my teaching. What does that mean? It means that you actually put it into practice. Once you put his teachings into practice, then he says, now you know the truth. And not until then. And that truth, you guys, will set you free. Free from what? Free from what? I can tell you this. I think the ultimate thing that Jesus came to set us free from was ourself. Do you guys know anything else that screws up your life more than yourself? I mean, I, I got to tell you, there's one person I hate more than anybody else in this world. And it's me. Because it's not everybody else who inhibits my life so much as it is me. I mean, what screws up every one of my relationships? Me. See, whenever I live for myself, that's what causes the havoc. You know, when the temptations come and yourself rises up and says, yes, I know this is horrible for your life, but you're going to love it. 
You just go for it. I mean, our self lures us into horrible things all the time. And I believe that Jesus came to set us free from ourselves. And here's what he said. He goes, listen, if you really want to be a disciple, you're going to have to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. You got a hold of my teachings. And, and, and what I just know in my 22 years of ministry and in my 30 some years of following Jesus Christ, every time I've actually acted on what he's taught me and I followed him, he's become very real to me. And I am a different person than I used to be. My transformation has been slow and arduous at times, but every time I respond to God, it happens. And there are things today that I'm free from. And I praise God for that. There are other things in my life that I'm not free from, and it drives me crazy. I hate the fact that I'm not free from some of the stuff that's in my life. But you know what? I'm so grateful for that verse again. With ever-increasing glory, we're being transformed. I'm not going to be perfect on this earth, but I can keep growing in that. And you guys, that's what I mean. Free from what? Free from ourselves. What are some, I just also put in here, free from just false thinking, free from the past that aren't good and pleasing and perfect. Again, you guys, you're, all of us pursue stuff to satisfy us. And then when they don't work, man, they just, get, they just can frustrate us so much. And God says, I want to set you free from that. I want to set you free from looking to your spouse to complete you. I want to set you free from the thought that you need to have all this money or all this stuff to satisfy you. I want to set you free. I want to set you free from sin. I mean, I am getting to the point where I hate sin. Anybody else hate it? Three of us. Okay. The rest of you, just keep doing it for a while. Eventually, you're going to hate it. Okay? Because what sin does is destroy. It's all it does. I hate it. It steals my joy. It robs me of my peace. I either hurt another person or I hurt myself every time. And I believe Jesus Christ wants to set us free. I want to run the race marked out for me, and yet I fall on my face all the time. I want to be set free. See, and I believe that Jesus can do that, even if it's a transformation that has to happen over the long haul. But can I tell you one thing I am free from? I am free. Because I hold to this teaching that every time I fall down and every time I sin, I know there is no condemnation for anyone who's in Christ Jesus. I'm free from condemnation. Now, I love to beat myself up when I sin. I love to just wallow in it and hide from it. Don't want anybody to know about it. You know, pummel on myself. And then eventually, what do I do? I tell you guys, I hear this voice all the time when I'm, when I'm stuck in sin. I'll hear the voice because I'll struggle with it. And all of a sudden, in my mind, I'll hear it and it'll say, so what? Do you think that that sin wasn't in my body when I was on the cross? That was the one. I died for all the other sins of the world. Everything else you've ever done. But that one, couldn't handle that one. See, that's just not true. See, so what do you got to do? You got to hold to the teaching. And the teaching is all the sin was in Christ's body when he was on the tree. 
And so when you fall and you're wallowing in it and the, and the enemy, spiritual enemy, is just totally downplaying you, you've got to say, wait a second, this ain't true. The truth will set you free. And the truth is, if you've received Christ Jesus into your life, you have a Savior who saved you from your sin. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know we're not like that, but I'm telling you, man, that is like really good news to me. And I just, I, you need to be free. And if you're not free today, when, I, when I'm not free, one of the things I need to know is I need to grow in my knowledge of God and I need to hold to that teaching and he'll set me free. All right, so freedom. Man, I got to keep going. Number three, last one, John 17, three. One of the greatest passages in all the Bible. A lot of good ones. This is a good one. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Why would you want to grow in your knowledge of God? Because if you know God, then you have eternal life. I'm not talking about just your ticket to get to heaven, you guys. You can have life now. And what does it mean to know Him? It means that you receive Him into your life. So you don't just know things about Him and keep Him at a distance. That will never give you eternal life. John chapter 1 says it's to those who received Him. You've got to let Jesus Christ into your life, into your fears, into your insecurities, into your sin, into your dreams, into your marriage, into your recreation. Let him into everything. And then you'll start to know him and then engage in him. Engage in his life. Do the things that Christ does. Follow what he teaches. And then what happens is you start to get intimate with God. And once you know God and he's in your life and you're in him, I'm telling you, you live and you have eternal life now. So I take an assessment and my lowest one is knowledge. I hope you hear today that then pursue that. And you guys, I don't care if your knowledge was the top one. Can I be honest with you? On my assessment, my knowledge one is really high. It better be, huh? Since I went to seminary and stuff and I'm teaching you. But my knowledge one is high. But God is holy. <laughs> He's so far beyond me. My brother-in-law, who knows 10 hundred times more than I do, he says, the more I get to know God, the more I know I don't know. That's really what happens. He's so vast. But I know this. If I keep growing in my knowledge of God, I'm going to continue to be transformed. I'm going to continue to know His will. I'm going to continue to be more free. And I'm going to have eternal life. Right now, while I look, while I walk on this planet. So I want to encourage you guys to do it. So let me just move now real quickly. So what are some practical things then? How do you guys do this? So, you know, after, after you take this assessment, and if you haven't done it yet, please go to our website and take this thing. After you get it back, you click on the knowledge portion, and all of a sudden a resource page will come up for you. Tons of different things you can read, listen to, try to help you grow in your knowledge. I got to just give you a few. Number one, if you don't read this, if you don't read this, it's just, and again, I, I just, I know that this, like we get into this book, you know, it's so funny. Can I just hear, really, I, didn't, I get up yesterday morning really early because I'm on jet lag, right? So I'm like, you know, waking up at three this morning. And so yesterday morning, I'm sitting there in the dark. My young, Mariah gets up and she gets up and she, uh, next thing you know, she's getting on her jacket. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? It's like 6.30, 6.30 in the morning. She goes, well, I want to have my, I want to get my Bible, dad, and do what you're doing with you. And so, um, 
So she went out to the van and the Bible wasn't in there. She finally found it. She gets this little like thing. You put it on your paper and it just lights up that. So we're sitting in the dark. I've got my computer screen shining. She has her little thing on there. And she's reading Leviticus. I'm like, what? I mean, she did Genesis and Exodus and she's in Leviticus. And then I, when she, we get done, I said, so honey, what are you learning? You know? And she starts sharing with me the stuff she's learning. I'm just sitting there going on. I mean, seriously, tears are in my eyes. And I go to Susie and I'm like, my eight-year-old daughter's reading Leviticus for crying out loud. You guys, if I can do nothing else as her father, but model for her that you can meet with God every day, Mariah. And if Mariah is an eight-year-old, starts to meet with God in his word, she'll be leaps and bounds beyond me. If you're not reading his word on a daily basis, you're missing out on a chance for your mind to be renewed, which means you're missing out on a chance to be transformed, to grow spiritual wings. You're missing out on a chance to know his will. You're missing out on a chance to be set free. And you're missing out on a chance to intimately know God. You guys, I know it's hard. It's hard for me. Nothing makes me fall asleep more than reading the Bible. It is not an easy thing to do. But man, if you want the gold medal spiritually, you know what? There's just some things you got to do. I I can't encourage you enough to crack that thing open and start reading it. The second thing I want to tell you, you know, and there's some tools that we have on there as well. I'm not going to go into all those about how to read and all that kind of stuff. The second thing, you guys, is get in a life together group. (laughs) Get in a group with some other people. And as I was driving up here this morning too, I thought, and you know what? I just find somebody that you can talk to deeply about spiritual things. If you're going to get to know God, I'm telling you, I talk to people all the time who just know more than me because it expands my understanding of God. If you're trying to figure them out in your own little world, it's just not going to work. And so, man, connect with some people. Find some people who are one step ahead of you, just even if it's just one step. And they can help you take that step, and you, you, you will move along. So open up the Bible. Get into some relationships. You guys, we have K2U that's offered on Wednesday nights. Every semester, there's going to be a class all the time on Wednesday night that could help you to grow in your knowledge of God. We're going to offer it to you. We just started doing this because we know that it's so critical for you. And then the last thing I want to tell you is this. And then, and all of us can do this, do one thing that you already know. Just do one thing that you've already learned about God. Do one teaching that you know Jesus teaches and that you feel encouraged that he wants you to do. And I'll tell you this, if you will just act on one thing, you will know God more than you know him today. If you hold to his teaching, if you put it into practice, it will change your life. So man, if you scored low on knowledge, I think that's awesome. And even if you didn't, I hope you'll be encouraged to keep growing in your knowledge of God because of all the things that I've already shared with you. So Ben, why don't you guys come on up and here's what we're going to do. We're going to give us a chance to close out our service today. Got about 20 more minutes. And, uh, and as we spend these 20 minutes to guys, um, Candace is going to sing a song for us. Perfect song for here. For, it was so good in the first service. And we're just going to give you a chance. You guys, the worship, you guys, again, is to give you a chance to take what you've heard and to help it seep down into here a little bit <laughs> to the point where it actually connects with your heart and your soul.
And I want you to listen to the song because what it's going to talk about is what I shared earlier. You guys, if you could do nothing else in the next 20 minutes, but just go, God, I know you're holy. I know you're beyond me. I know you are so much more than I understand you to be right now. And then just say in your heart, but God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I confess to you that I haven't pursued you very much, and I'm done with that. I want to be set free. I want to be transformed. I want to engage with you right now today. And what you can do in these next 20 minutes is start to really interact your heart with God's so that you can walk out of here today with a determination in your will that's actually true and that will help you to launch into the pursuit of knowing the God who said, I came so you could have life to the full. And he'll meet you there. So God bless you right now. Literally, may he bless you and meet you in your heart and in your mind as you worship him. Let's do it together.